Welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities. Today, we connect with indigenous wisdom and healing for these transitional times on earth. Each show, we facilitate quantum shifts in consciousness, and it's an exciting thing to be a part of. I'm Cheryl Sitz, coming to you from the studio, along with show creator, producer Mario Rosales. We so much appreciate the time that you spend with us in each show, and we hope that you walk away with some real value and some things to think about. Let us know what you think. You can do that at journeyofpossibilities.com, and we also welcome your financial support at journeyofpossibilities.com support. That keeps the show alive. And Patricia McCabe, Woman Stands Shining, is going to be joining us today. Hi, I'm Mario Rosales. You know, if you're a GoDaddy user, one of the things to keep in mind is that When you cancel that account within 90 days, you lose everything. Email, if you're doing hosting, email through them, your website. So here's a little tip. If you haven't done it already, go ahead and put everything into like a Word document and save it. And if you want to move to another provider, go ahead and give me a call and I can help you rebuild a whole nother website. I use WordPress and that one, we can take it anywhere. You don't even have to use my hosting and we can help you out with everything there. Just let me know. Give me a call. Contact me at MarioRosales.com. Pat McCabe is a Diné or Navajo mother, grandmother, activist, artist, writer, ceremonial leader, and international speaker. Pat uses her voice and artwork to bring both individual and collective healing and peace. She draws upon the indigenous sciences of thriving life to reframe questions about sustainability and balance. Helping us reconcile the masculine and feminine, she creates a new narrative for the sacred masculine, and she addresses the archetypal wounding from misunderstandings and abuse of technology through prayer, ceremony, and science. This is a busy woman. You can find her online at patmccabe.net. Thank you, Pat, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Very exciting. It is such an honor to be able to be in conversation with you. And I forgot to mention that the video of this conversation is on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Cheryl sits, and we'll have the audio in all the normal places. So you can join us wherever you want. Pat, I learned of you through the Houston ions group when you did a presentation for them. And I went out and started digging up your videos and you are a woman with a lot to share at a really important time. Thank you for being woman stands shining right now. (laughs) Thank you. It actually is a really exciting time to come into my elder womanhood ship years um, to feel like I'm firing on all cylinders and feeling like I'm using every, every, every bit of my skill set and doing exactly what I came here to do. So I can't ask for better than that. Right. Yeah. And, (laughs) and it's, it's just obvious to me that you're a woman who's done her inner work too, if you will, pardon the expression. I don't know how else to say that, but you, you know, you have plenty of things that you could be fired up about and you seem to have channeled all of that into a really positive active direction instead of being angry and rebellious you you might channel you might be angry but you channel that in a positive way i don't know if i'm making sense thank you um well i have done a a lot of work and i've had the opportunities to be shown a lot of different methodologies which i'm very grateful for including our own ceremonies um native ceremonies right and um you know i i think (laughs) Well, I I say we're a traumatized species at this point. And um, and so, uh, yeah, there's some work to be done in order for us 
to even begin to approach what's taking place at this time, you know? Yeah. So what is, of all the things, you touch on a lot of topics, the masculine and feminine and reconciling that in our world, sustainability. Those are all hot buttons right now. How do you even prioritize what is the most important <laughs> message for today? <laughs> it's a little tricky. And, and this is uh, my third conversation today. So um, I'm trying to, <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like I'm repeating myself, but sometimes I have the, like the thing that I'm really focused on. So um, I'll just say, you know, that, uh, well, masculine and feminine uh, healing is, is always high priority for me, but um, I, I've been thinking a lot about sacred masculine and um, and and maybe not coincidentally also money. Those are my hot topics at the moment. And we've talked a little about the masculine and the feminine on different shows, but possibly what does the sacred masculine mean to you? And then obviously, how does that tie into money in your perspective? <laughs> All right, here we go. Just jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> well, so interestingly, um, I, I have to kind of back up and say that, you know, uh, I was shown and, and for those of you who may not be maybe listening and can't see I'm holding up a medicine wheel here. And it's a Lakota one. So it has the four colors Lakota generally refer to black, red, yellow and white. And, um, you know, this teaching is sort of endless. I'll, I'll know I'll never come to the end of the teaching of this symbol. Um, but part of it for me was to consider um, that every single species, every, every single species of life, um, every being gets to have a seat on this sacred hoop of life is one of the ways we look at it, right? And um, including human, excuse me, including human beings. And if every member upholds their part of that sacred hoop, then, then the hoop functions well. If anybody doesn't uphold their part of the sacred hoop, excuse me, um, then the uh, integrity of the hoop begins to fail. And so that's where I think we're at at the moment. So that symbol is speaking to what science is coming to about how everything is connected to everything, which is connected to everything, right? right. And Thich Nhat Hanh has this fabulous word. He gives us in English, a very indigenous word in English. Uh, he calls us interbeing. Mm. And, um, and so, so that's, that's definitely very present in both of my cultures. I, I was born by blood. I'm Diné and I was adopted into the Lakota spiritual way of life. And in that way, it was how I was given the name Wiyakpa Najiwi, or Woman Stand Shining. And so in both of those cultures, um, this principle of interconnectedness and interbeing um, is, is key to understanding how to be human here in this place. So anyways, I was considering, you know, so, um, so do I know what my perfect design for thriving life is here as human being on that, as being given that seat on the sacred hoop of life? <clears throat> and um, and how would I know? And so I went into this big inquiry, but one of the first places, so there's a lot, lots of places to inquire there, but where I chose to go was, and what does it mean to be the female of our kind? Um, like what is the specialty of the human female <laughs> in upholding the part our, our part of the sacred hoop of life, right? And, um, and so I, I end up having to go back to refer to indigenous uh, practices. And, and, um, and so I was, shown in that way, for instance, that when I'm menstruating, I'm no longer of age to menstruate, but I was at the time, um, that, that I hold a special spiritual capacity. So my biology gives me a spiritual capacity. 
And, um, and I was, uh, it's a very long story, which I won't get into here exactly, but I was, you know, really shown that, that I have this particular function for not only my own life and for directing my family. Um, uh, and, and, you know, we say that the woman is the backbone of the family, the backbone of the community um, in, in Lakota uh, way of thinking about being human. And, um, and so um, I, I discovered that I have this capacity to dream and vision for us at that time. And if we think about it, you know, when women all live together, um, what happens? <laughs> they, be, they begin to cycle all at the same time. So this is some kind of this is some kind of mysterious phenomenon, right? That we in modern world culture we just ignore it, like ah, whatever, you know. So what? But it's like no, I don't think so. I think we need to back up there and say, why does that happen? What is the yeah. function of that? That's kind of amazing, isn't it? It is. And um, and so I think that women are to take some time out every month and to dream and vision for the people, honestly. And we have the capacity, and I have experienced this very directly, have the capacity to receive direct instruction from the Mother Earth. And I, I think we could stand to use a little bit of that probably right now, you know, <laughs> so... So, so I'm I am heading towards the sacred masculine here, but I have to explain <laughs> a little bit about how I got there because the interesting part about it is, no matter what I how I think of myself sexually or in partnering or whatever, I I feel like there is a functional polarity that goes on between masculine and feminine that we see everywhere on this earth, right? And um, and so I found that as I began to redefine myself in terms of thinking about what is my capacity as the female of our kind. And, and I'm not using what I call modern world paradigm lens. I'm not using the power over paradigm lens to examine this. This is an inquiry in my prayer and in my ceremony to ask. And, um, and in fact, in ceremony, um, my spirit helper said to me, um, uh, you think you know what masculine is and you think you know what feminine is, but you don't. All you know is how they behave in this power over paradigm. But if you plug them into a different paradigm, they behave in a completely different way. Ooh, so that kind of changed the whole landscape, right? I was like, wow, exactly, right. So in the power over paradigm, I say, you know, I also call it modern world paradigm. We, um, you have to overpower someone else in order to get what you need. Highly competitive, very repelling of cooperation and collaboration. That's not really part of it. It drives us to isolation. Um, and so we're seeing the results of that right now. So, so when we plug in masculine or, or men into this, <laughs> into this paradigm, um, we, we, uh, we get a certain, it, it cultivates a certain aspect of their, of their being, of their behavior, of their, even their biology, testosterone. Mm -hmm. um, and so if they're put in a highly competitive, have to beat someone else out, don't cooperate, don't collaborate, that cultivates a very certain kind of, of human male. And so this is, this is my, my plea and my, and my ploy maybe. <laughs> For saying, for really insisting that you know, I I insist on saying that men are not the patriarchy. The paradigm is the patriarchy, and men are not the patri patriarchy. They're they're not the paradigm, 
And as long as we keep calling them, equating them with that, we are never going to know actually who they are, who they could be plugged into a different paradigm, plugged into a different understanding. I think we have a better idea of who women are because women aren't really allowed in this paradigm very much. So we've already been exploring who the woman is outside of the paradigm. Or trying to become that, that, uh, that altered masculine, what we see as the masculine in that paradigm to try and compete in that world if we're into the career and all of that. So we've either tried to alter ourselves one way or the other. To fit. It's all distorted. I get what you're saying. It is all distorted in that. Yeah. Way. I mean, it's so helpful what the spirits have to say to give you some kind of framework for exiting one worldview and being able to open to another, which I really think is my role as an indigenous person, because as an indigenous person, I'm I'm continuously moving in two different paradigms, at least, at least, you know, and there's another one emerging that I don't know if we've ever seen on the planet before, but, um, but in any case, this helps, I, I feel like for me to describe things from indigenous uh, worldview or indigenous paradigm, what I hope will happen is that it will, it will open up those who have only had access to modern world paradigm for generations, right? For many generations. So how how would you know there's any other way? You'd just be like, well, that's just Earth, you know, Wall Street. I guess that's just how Earth operates. Right. Well, no, <laughs> that's coming out of a very specific human mindset, right? Well, that's just, you know, pharmaceuticals, that's just the way it is, you know. It's like, no. So I'm, I'm trying to shake that up. And and my my spirit guides tell me, you know, have been very adamant with me. They say, you know, you, humanity, and they're kind of pointing the finger. You can't see me, but some of you can see the video. Well, they're pointing this finger. They're saying, you, you know, um, you guys can have it any way you want it. Do you know that? You guys can have it any way you want it. And right now you're saying you want it like this, but don't forget, you could have it any way you want it. You can choose. You get to choose here. This is free will construct. So I love this meme. It's it kind of points to this. It says something like, "You can have it any way you want it," and right now we're choosing white supremacy and credit scores. <laughs> There's <know>. the money. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to laugh because I'm like, of all the possibilities here in paradise of this yeah. glorious Earth in the cosmos under this holy star, uh, we're going to choose white supremacy and credit scores. It's it's ludicrous. So. So anyway, to try to get to the sacred masculine aspect. Um, so then I guess my the main thing that I want to say to the world, there's a whole spiel I have about sacred masculine. Um, but the main thing that I would want to say about it right here right now is I think this is the greatest untapped resource that humanity holds at the moment. Because we don't have any experience of, of the sacred masculine. We don't even know who the sacred masculine is really. It, they've been hidden. <laughs> they've been hidden in this paradigm. They've been hidden in this, you know, men behaving badly in a in a terrible paradigm. But that's not who men are. So I want to know, and I'm asking, and I'm praying a lot about this in ceremony. Who are these guys? And what does it mean for them, for us to fully welcome? And we, we don't even hardly welcome men in the world right now because they're so associated with this paradigm. We're like, bad bad, bad. <laughs> and they're just like cringing and they're like, they got nowhere to go. They got nowhere to stand. Half, half of our species is just like in total, total shutdown, confusion and, 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 and not so funny, suicidal. So absolutely going into suicidal mode. So I'm saying, no, 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 no. 
I welcome you. I welcome you. We need you. I know I need you. I know that from my own ceremonial life, how, how much I need you and how much I need you to be whole, how much I need you to be um, in your joy and in your full capacity. And, um, and it's not you, it's the paradigm. You know, uh, the paradigm was breaking down your great grandfather. It looked like it was kind of working maybe a few generations ago, but we're seeing, we're seeing the final results. You know, we got 26 billionaires owning 50% of the wealth on the planet is some statistic I heard. <laughs> You'll have to go research that, but, <laughs> but that sounds about right from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Right. Um, something to that effect, 26 people on the planet, you know, it's like, what? So, so we see the end results of this game of the power over paradigm. It's a mess. So and you wonder why you're so busy giving talks all day, every day. Look, I know. <laughs> powerful <laughs> message. Listen. <laughs> yeah. And as you say, we could create anything here. We could have any way we want it. And this is what we've created to this point. And unfortunately, all of us, even if we all had spontaneous awakening and said we want a different thing, it's going to take some shifting to to turn this thing around yes we we and and it's going to take some letting go of certain tenets so as i sort of somewhat segueing here into money um so for instance <laughs> this is something that's been gripping my imagination it occurs to me that if we think we have to fulfill every single legal agreement that exists on the planet right now we're doomed there is not enough earth to go around to fulfill every single legal agreement on the planet. There is not enough ecosystem. A lot of our legal agreements are, are insisting, you know, as I'm sitting here in suburbia, at my mom's house in Albuquerque, New Mexico, every single house has to have its own ecosystem. Yes. Like its entire own ecosystem. <laughs> and and then, then the next one and the next one. Well, you know, the earth isn't designed for that kind of extravagance or maybe that kind of community from us right because it's a very it's a highly isolated i always imagine my mom's neighbors you know they're like in their house secretly like sweating out their mortgages sweating bullets you know and then they come out and wave how's it going it's going great have a nice day good to see you trees are looking good and we go back into our house and you know sweat out the mortgage some more <laughs> like how am i going to make this work because none of this is working and i must be doing it wrong it's like no it's not you this paradigm is completely rigged nobody's going to win in it not even the guys at the very tippy top that's right. Because when they finally win all the marbles, they're on a desolated planet. Yes. Nobody's going to win there. It's a trick. It's a trick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out whether to laugh or cry because what you're saying is so true. And how many millions of ecosystems is this planet trying to support right now? How many of us think we need to have our own climate controlled everything and our own gizmo that does this and gizmo that does that? And we don't share anything except hellos over the fence. It's, it's not the way we were designed to live at all. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess it's stressful sometimes to be around other humans, certainly in this country at this time, it's, uh, it's kind of a minefield out there, right. Um, with the polarities going on. Um, and so we think our relief is, is to be away from it and alone, but, but ultimately a mammal is not made for that either. 
A mammal is not made to be alone. And ultimately that's our, that's our wiring. Um, like if, I, I'm such a recluse and a hermit that spirit has to actually literally say to me sometimes, you need to go get your electromagnetic field close to another human being's <laughs> electromagnetic field where you're not going to feel so good. And I'm like, oh, dang, really? Um, but I do, I do. <laughs> Yeah. So if you see me sneaking up on you and I'm, you know, getting within five feet of your space, <laughs> don't take it personally. Don't get alarmed. I'm just like trying to get my electromagnetic field close to yours. But, um, but to, you know, to, to say a few words about the money then. Um, so, so, so what does that mean? What think about what it's going to take from us trust wise, relationally, um, love wise, uh, everything to, to back off of, our right. I mean, this is our right to have that legal agreement fulfilled. I mean, I, I think that's a really good example to think about, like what the, uh, sort of, so, you know, people always say, are you, are you saying anarchy? We need to have lawlessness. And I'm saying, no, but we have to consider, like, what are these agreements really holding? I mean, uh, we can look at Nestle, for instance. I mean, there are those kinds of agreements where they get to just keep sucking the water out of wherever for as long as they can and then leave when it's all gone. Um, they have the right to, to buy that Coca-Cola same way. Um, you know, in case we didn't notice Coca-Cola does, it does not appear is not naturally occurring. It actually requires water. So all those Coca-Cola products, where is that water coming from? Well, it didn't used to come out of your backyard, but it's going to start to come out of your backyard if we keep going. So, so, so there's that level of legal agreement, but what about the ones just between folks, you know, um, so I think it's going to start to require a different kind of mindset that that where we have to prioritize relationship and life above everything else in every category. <clears throat> but, but the other part about, um, so I've been doing a lot of work with wealth holders, and with people who've been long considering finance and money, um, because they're saying, gosh, money seems to be upstream of every single problem we're facing, right? So what do we do about this? And um, so I've been in this incredible process for the last two years with uh, a group of people reimagining money to protect the sacred and protecting the sacred. And so everything we do kind of has to contain both of those components. And part of that is, you know, our elder says, one of our elders says, um, that you know, money is the longest and deepest running unconscious agreement that we've ever had. And, and we made it up. I mean, money was not here, right? Money is not part of Earth. So we yeah. complete completely our fabrication. We, it could mean anything we want it to mean. And, and so similarly, that's what the holy people said about our whole reality, but it could mean anything we want it to mean. And right now we're making it mean this. And it's putting people out on the street. It's keeping kids hungry. It's destroying animals and planet and oceans. And, you know, that's kind of how we're using it. But what if we change the consciousness of it? I, I love this idea that, you know, since it's already in everything, it's in our sex, it's in our relationship with our kids. It's in our, I mean, it's everywhere. It's in everything. Um, what would happen then if we just changed its meaning since it's already in everything, would that just change the meaning of, of everything. <laughs> That's a kind of radical idea I've been playing with that, that came up when my elder was speaking. And I was like, mm, well, there's a, an idea because my idea would have been, let's just get rid of it. it it's it, because I think that if we got rid of it, it would force us into relationship 
and it would force us back into looking at what earth, where's all this coming from? It's coming from earth. And I guess that's my final, uh, or I don't know if it's my final, but it's, it's the, 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 the punchline for why I brought up money is this. So all this hoarding of wealth, <clears throat> you know, the 26 billionaires or, the, you know, holding 50% of the earth's wealth, um, all of that wealth, all of that money, I mean, where did it come from? There's only one place it could have ever come from. It came from, in some way or another, from being taken out of the earth, out of the oceans, out of the sky, out of the trees, out of the flying ones, swimming ones, creepy crawly ones, four-legged ones, or out of the men, out of the women, out of the children. You know, that, that there's only one place it could have come from. It came out of life. It came out of earth. And so what I've been saying is um, that, that now I'm equating that hoarding of wealth with the hoarding of life. Mm. And life is screaming out for life now. Life is literally screaming out for life. And if you're not feeling it where you are, it doesn't mean that that's not happening. Because there's some folks that have been feeling it hard, hard, hardcore for years now already. It's taking a little longer to reach the results of it to reach other other parts of our population. But believe me, there are people who've already been suffering. And so, you know, life is crying out for life. And so I'm saying we have to release that damned up life back into life. We have to. We're going to have to do it. So part of my my task, it feels like all of a sudden, (laughs) the multi-hat girl, for sure. I'm like, what? What are we doing now? (laughs) Um, But... Part of my job right now is to create to to um, what can I say to create a scaffolding for that release of life back into life, meaning providing the support, providing the the philosophical understanding of why it makes sense because it so goes against everything that we're taught in power over paradigm. You know, you gotta you gotta get as much as you can and hold on to it because you don't know what's gonna happen next. Like that's the thing, right? So to to undo that kind of psychology, to undo that kind of link with our very primal instincts to survive, and and to really show how much sense it makes, how beautiful it is to consi- to to do that, to release life back into life, and that's where I feel like indigenous worldview and um and and way of thinking um can actually uh provide some kind of a support system for those wealth holders to feel like yeah this is what needs to happen and now is the time that it has to happen wow (laughs) i knew spirit would move you to talk and we didn't need a script but wow Just giving the listener a moment to catch their breath too. And that was, that was just beautiful. And I really loved, well, you touched on so many things I could circle back to, but I really loved that you spoke about basically the difference between kind of when we get frustrated over money, it's like, let's just get rid of it. Let's figure out something else. That would be my inclination too. And yet I've had horrific dreams about that very thing happening on earth that overnight money didn't mean anything. And there was this mass scramble and panic and everybody goes all the way back to survival mode. And, and there was violence and there was a lot of things versus transmuting the energy of money 
maybe maybe some combination of the two that that we begin to move away from obviously this power over paradigm and find new ways to act, to sustain ourselves outside of the paradigm of money while simultaneously transmuting the energy of money where it is so that that can be helping with that shift right is that kind of where where you were feeling that with yeah. you know, and I feel like that is the very question being brought up in the world by those who are, um, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm looking up something here because I may want to quote it, um, uh, for those who have been considering money. So, so one of my elder brings up this word, uh, these words, fiat currency. And um, so I've heard that. A lot and so i kind of went back to look it up i'm not finding it easily right this minute but i encourage you to look it up so basically fiat means um speaking it into being <laughs> and so he points out that that there's only been a very small number of people involved with the creation of currency and money and they have decided for their own very specific reasons what it should mean Yes. And so when we see this arising of Bitcoin and such, this is our way, uh, an attempt to say, no, I also claim the power of fiat <laughs> and I'm going to assign a different meaning to currency. So this is actually really, really powerful. I'm, I'm not so up on Bitcoin. I don't know. I think one of my kids is kind of into it um, pretty deep, but um, so I don't, I don't really engage in that exactly, but I love the, the, the impetus. I love that movement towards, yes, no, we're going to decide what it means. We're going to make our own meaning. And then there's like communities that make their own currencies. Um, they decide what it means. And so, so this is a beginning. And, and I love that my elder says, so right now we, we are needing sort of like we need the crutch of the actual money to begin to reimagine how we would do things, but eventually we could take it out of the equation and just do it <laughs> without any money involved. But for now, okay, let's go ahead and use money and reimagine money. Um, he's always blowing my mind. I'm always just like, what? And um, so, uh, but, it, but it's really beautiful. But in his view, money, money has a way of, of it has, is a possible a possibility for, making manifest a certain, a future. So he used to say, there's a future, <clears throat> we're preparing for a future. Lately, he's been saying, this, this person I'm talking about, by the way, is Orland Bishop. So you can look him up too. Mind blowing all the time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but he, um, he's saying, you know, now he's saying um, the future is already here. Actually, it's all around us, which actually goes along with what my spirit guides have said a long time ago, they said, if all times are happening at the same time, what is possible? Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know, but it sounds <laughs> like pretty much anything. So he's speaking in that same way. He's saying the future is already all around us, but we don't have, what's the word he uses? We don't have the grammar to receive it, mm. to perceive it. So this is what we're in the process of, is developing a grammar that is receiving this future. And in his view, money plays a role in some kind of radical um, release, I guess you could say, of consciousness. And so it, it, it has been being used against us maybe, but there's sounds like there's a way that we can pull the 
the the tai chi move and <laughs> and and flip it and, and have its power and its momentum actually end up working with us and for us so that's a very fascinating idea that i'm still working with it's been a great teacher in manifesting and it, and i can see how how it's been helpful for us and i can see that we're reaching at hopefully an end of the need for that in our evolutionary journey and we can move on to something better. I also loved when back earlier, when you talk about women and menstrual cycles and how we sync up and, and how we really don't pay any attention to that anymore. And I mean, I was, I've been a career woman and I noticed it happened in the offices, you know, pretty soon after you work together for a while, everybody's got it at the same time. And, but it's that pushing through it and taking whatever we have to take to get rid of the cramps and going on. I mean, so little attention is paid to the menstrual cycle. I've heard of the red tents and I know that native American women used to gather and take care of one another during that time of the month. Can you speak more to how possibly women can begin to reconnect more deeply with our true feminine aspect at whatever stage of life we are in the cycles and rhythms of our body to get that wisdom in a stronger way. I will, but just keep in mind that I can talk anywhere from a day to, to four days on this <laughs> subject. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty long subject, but, um, but maybe the highlights. <laughs> yeah, so briefly, briefly in the history of the world, um, there is uh, so, so, you know, again, now I know why the elders always talk so long, because it's hard to know where a story begins. <laughs> the older you get, it's hard to know where the story begins. Yeah. But, um, but you know, as I look outside my mom's window here, what I notice out there is that everything is doing one thing, really. Everything is making more life. Everything is trying to figure out how to make the next seed, the next generation, to, to hopefully land in the right spot to sprout or grow or, you know, or make the nest or whatever it is. <clears throat> and so my conclusion is that the plan here on this earth is the plan is life. The plan is life. That's it. it it's that it's quite, it's pretty straightforward. Although we have completely forgotten about it <laughs> and, and been running and creating, making human creation without placing life at the center, without acknowledging that the whole plan here is life for, I don't know, at least 5,000 years in economics and governance and, education and medicine, um, health. Um, and so, um, so I bring that up because what that's the starting place for me is like, okay, so if the plan here is life and I'm asking myself as the female of our kind, what is my perfect design for thriving life here? Um, I have, I should notice then that this womb this womb, which is where life will begin for our species to be able to continue to uphold our part of this sacred hoop of life. It's going to begin here in my womb. <clears throat> and if, if the circumstances are right, that will happen. If it's not time for whatever reasons, then what happens is that interior of my womb um, stops you know, it, 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 it flushes out all the preparation it made for that life to come. And that's what that material is. So, so what I was told, and I love this, is that that is the, the dismantling of the sacred altar of life. That's what's happening there. Now, if the whole plan on the whole place we're in is life, that's a significant thing. That's a significant occurrence, a, a moment. 
And this is why I, I take argue, I argue with folks who are trying to tell me gender is, is, a, is only a human and cultural construct. It doesn't really exist. I'm like, mm, I'm not sure how we defend that in the face of there are some people who menstruate and some people don't. And there are women who don't menstruate um, for a variety of different reasons, including, as you were pointing out, uh, the inconvenience of it. Women are taking pills to not have to have it even anymore, right? And sometimes that's for medical reasons, understood. But sometimes it's just a matter of the power over paradigms got no use for it. <clears throat> and it's a little bit of a hassle. And um, so I want to bring us back to this really deep meaning of what this is. And so I was told that that material is very sacred and that I shouldn't see myself as um, being uh, unclean at that time. And in fact, I was talking with one woman from, uh, from an indigenous woman from Mexico. She says that their stories say a long time ago, the women used to walk without undergarments at that time. And they would bleed on the earth as offering to the earth. And the men would sometimes follow and actually touch that blood on the earth and bless themselves with it. So we are pretty far away from that kind of reverence. But that has been at other times for humanity in recognition of what's, what's taking place there. So, you know, for me, um, you know, you're talking about going to work. Um, when I first began to acknowledge that something was taking place here. So I have the opportunity at that time actually to make one of the highest offerings that human beings can make, which is the beginning of life to this mother earth. So there have been societies, I'm sure, worldwide throughout time of women making that offering directly to the earth, right? Um, and I know a lot of young women around me who, who make it that practice even in an urban setting or even with their houseplants or in any way they can. Um, and, uh, and so, so we think about that, and then we say that, you know, that gateway between heaven and earth, biology calls it the cervix, opens at that time, and that actually creates a gateway for receiving. So at the same time as I can release and give one of the highest offerings that a human being can give to the mother earth, which is the beginning of life, maybe the other highest offering is our body when we die. Right now, we're withholding both of these from the mother earth because of our societal norms and modern world paradigm, but, um, but we're giving that. And so also with that opening, there's an opportunity to receive from her. So there's this really profound reciprocal exchange that takes place. So even if I'm not in a position or a little squeamish or whatever about bleeding on the earth, even if I and my intention is to acknowledge what's happening and to send energetically that offering to mother earth, um, I can then open to receive her guidance and instruction and dreams. And so as I began to make that a practice of mine on a regular basis every month, um, uh, my whole world changed to the point of when I went to my next job interview, <laughs> after I really was having that become very deep, um, I told them, I'm not going to be here four days out of the month, and you will not be sorry. You will be very glad for me taking those four days out of the month, because what comes through and what's going to help our work um, will be worth it. And, um, and they hired me. So it began to change how I move in the world to really go deep into that practice. The world was no longer containing me in a certain channel. I was breaking the channel out and becoming this woman who talks a mile a minute. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, and I that love had that everything confidence. To do with it. I love that confidence. And that's how we change the world. Each of us speaking our truth and becoming more every day of who we are internally guided to be instead of what this is externally trying to create us to be. That's how the shift happens. I love that. I'm going to agree that I think that that's a, that's a large part. I had this young person ask me um, the, the million dollar questions, right? Is it too late? And what should we be doing? <laughs> I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's just get to the point. Okay. And, um, and, and so I kind of had to just pray for a moment because here I am talking to this young person. I'm like, what in the world do I say to this? And, um, and so the answers that came immediately, they were like somatic uh, or divine or something, you know, and they, the first, the first answer was all possibilities are humming in the air, even now. And this to the answer to the second question was, what should we be doing? We should be cultivating radical self-love and radical self-trust because we have, you know, understandably been trained, like our attention has been trained towards all of our human systems. You, you go to elementary school, you go to junior high, you go to high school, there's a whole culture around that whole thing. There's, um, you know, even our health, uh, <clears throat> everything, you know, but, and so all of our identity has been very linked to these human systems that I mentioned that have been running for at least 5,000 years or more. Um, and they're not, they're, they're going to fall. They, they cannot, they cannot continue or we're going to perish before them. Um, and so we have, I see that as, as causing us to then have to not have our identity so tied with them. Yes. If we're going to live, <laughs> we can't have our identities tied to dying systems or systems of death, really, we could call them. So then where does that leave us? That leaves us with what is innately inside of us. And that's why I say the cultivation of radical self-love and radical self-trust is coming forward at this time. Amen. Not a moment too soon. I actually had a situation this week. It seems like the more I go into self-trust and self-love, the next thing shows up to see if I'm ready to step even deeper. And I was invited to actually kind of expected to attend something. And I realized for whatever reason, I'm not meant to go. I mean, it just started feeling less and less authentic for me. And I actually showed up with the people that were expecting me to go. And I said, I know that you think I'm going to go and probably expect me to go. And I'm, for whatever reason, I'm not supposed to go. And I just need to tell you my truth that I'm feeling this. And, and, you know, when, when I can stand in that vulnerable place and say, I was actually going to go. Cause I didn't, I didn't want you to think bad of me. And I thought it was the right thing to do. And I didn't want to follow through with that. So I'm telling you now I was met with respect and understanding, even if they don't really understand, they acknowledge that I was living my truth. And I feel like every opportunity that we get at whatever degree to be able to step more into that, it's not comfortable. It's not a comfortable thing to do for a while, but every time we honor our inner truth, it gets a little more comfortable. And there's a strength that comes from that. that makes the next time even more what we have to do. It becomes less of a choice and more of a calling. So it's an interesting journey to, to change the paradigm. And it starts inside of each of us one little step at a time. You've done great. You're amazing. No wonder you're booked solid. <laughs> Where do you get your confidence? Do you ever get squeamish about what you're doing? Or are you just rock solid now? <laughs> 
Um, well, uh, quite a long time ago, I understood this is not about you, Pat. And as soon as it's not about me, um, everything changes. And as soon as, you know, my prayer that I'm trying to live into is how do I participate fully in the very highest possibility for life, light, and love at this time? And I feel like I'm, I'm, I, I have to believe I'm being guided that way. I mean, I'm praying that all the time. My, my, actually, my, my little deviation of that, my new prayer is, how do I be that being, that human being that causes all other life to thrive? And I say that because as I look again at my mom's window, even at her um, umbrella catalpa tree here in the front, the way that that tree is living here um, is, is the way it conducts its life. And even the mourning doves that sit in it, the way they conduct their lives the impeccable way in which they conduct their lives, it only ever supports all other life, only ever causes all other life to thrive. And so I have to believe that because we were given a seat on this sacred hoop of life, that somehow, some way, I have that capacity. I have, must have that capacity. And I want to know what is it? I hope you don't mind if we borrow your prayer and begin to live that for ourselves, because I can see all kinds of juicy things opening up. So thank you for sharing that so that we can begin to embody that. I think that's a great place for us to wrap up. I knew we would have no trouble filling the time. (laughs) Thank you so much. So we can get in touch with you through patmccabe.net. That's correct. Wonderful. Do you have any programs or anything you want to let us know about before we wrap up? Um, This is not something I've been talking about a lot publicly, but I just started. So I'll just say that I'm in the process of um, being asked to help um, bring human beings back into relationship with this mountain, which is one of the Diné people's four sacred mountains. And and part of that is going to involve purchasing this land. So I'm in the process of a $3.5 million um, uh, fundraising uh, for this. And I'm looking for those folks who understand and can relate to that idea that it's time to release that life that's been hoarded as money back into life and, and allow human humanity to resume its relationship with land and with all the rest of the sacred beings of, of the sacred hoop of life. That's wonderful. I'm sure you'll be very successful. So thank you for sharing that with us as well. Is there anything on your website yet about that? Or you're going to be putting that up? I'll be putting that up. But if you're interested in that, you, when you message me, there's a place where you can send me a message. Um, just let me know that, that you want to talk about that. I'm all ears for that because my deadline is supposed to be at the end of this year. And if that is, then you know it'll happen, right? <laughs> Somehow I feel that happen. way. Yeah. As long as I don't say no, it's happening. And I ain't saying no. So... <clears throat> Thank you for all that you are and all that you do, Pat. Thank you so much. PatMcCabe.net, woman stands shining and you shine brightly. Thank you. And thank you for joining us, listeners and viewers. Let us know what you think at journeyofpossibilities.com. And we hope you'll come back for the next time on Exploring Possibilities.